What's up, everyone? This is Brian Ward, host of the Data Podcast, the podcast show for dads, about dads, being dads. I'm super excited that you're here and for the guests that I have on the show today. But before we get to the interview, if you have not yet subscribed to my show, please make sure you smash that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Also, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. The link is in the show notes. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I'm really excited for my guest this week. Um, he he's he's known a little bit on the, in the in the TV world, but uh, I want to give him a chance to kind of introduce himself. My good friend Bilal Haziz has joined me on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks a lot, Brian. It's a, a pleasure to be here, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Um, well, let's do this. My listeners who may not know who you are. Let's talk a little bit about you, um, kind of your history, kind of your backstory, how you kind of grew up, how you got into what you're doing now, not only um, the things you're doing now, the activities you have going on right now, but also your career and the things that you do there. And then we'll get, obviously, it's a dad podcast, so we'll get going into uh, into your story as a dad as well. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, my name again is Bilal Haziz, and um, I, I uh, grew up in uh, Midwest, you know, uh, Kansas City, uh, always rep, uh, moved away, come back, moved away, come back, uh, but it's always, you know, home for me. And um, I grew up with, uh, I don't know, just, uh, you know, just the, the, the ethics of, you know, uh, do for self and, you know, um, being uh, an asset to your community. And, you know, uh, that it ingrained in, in, in me and my siblings, you know, from my parents at a very early age. And so we were very active in our community uh, here locally as well as nationally. And, um, you know, so I, you know, like most people, you know, went off to school, you know, went to college, got my degree. And um, I immediately realized that um, I did not want to do what I majored in. <laughs> so I, I made a, a career shift. Gee, that doesn't happen a lot, does it? Yeah, it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> So I made a career shift and I, I knew that I loved and I enjoyed helping people and I, and I enjoyed kind of giving back to community. And um, so I became a firefighter. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I became a firefighter. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I enjoy, you know, um, just being with the guys and the girls at the station to uh, just helping you know, the community. And, and also the adrenaline rush. I was an athlete, you know, in college and things like that as well, too. So um, so it was it was kind of fulfilling those voids, you know, and uh, but unfortunately, you know, I did get injured on the job, but it, it also made me think about before the, even the injury of just, again, growing up, like my parents always had jobs, but they also did other things on the side. You know, my father was in real estate, you know, he has, he used an electrician, he had an electrician business on the side, but he also worked for the city. My mother, um, she was uh, very high up in, uh, um, managing role at AT&T and but you also do things. So all those things kind of contribute to uh, me, you know, looking at, you know, entrepreneurship. And I started to look at uh, real estate investing specifically. And I started to dive in at first with reading books and, you know, and seminars and all these different things. And I started to go out there and tackle it and made some money and I lost a lot of money, <laughs> made some money and lost a lot more. And till I kind of like, Took a step back, so you know, if I want to take this thing really seriously, I go to God. I like I have to go out there and like seek out people who are doing this stuff at a very high level. And I started to do that, and um, I started learning from some very very successful people. 
and the real estate industry and um, things started to take off for me. And then um, as things took out for me, I was very fortunate to be able to um, that same company be able to travel around the country, you know, every single weekend for, you know, the last six years or so started to be on stage and, you know, just really teaching people financial literacy and education and real estate investing and business, et cetera. And, oh, I just really enjoyed um, the aspect of like giving back. And um, a lot of those concepts i never learned, you know, growing up in school, traditional education, you know, we always value those things, but there's a difference between traditional education and financial education. Right. And, you know, and I always tell people like, you know, like I spent a lot more money outside of traditional education, learning different things that I did even in, my, you know, getting my traditional education. So th- that, that need and that desire to want to be able to help educate other people in the masses, um, that was always something I always really truly, you know, wanted to do. And, um, and then next thing you know, COVID happens and shut like the industry, you know, doing seminars kind of down and we started to pick back up after COVID a little bit, uh, but really, are we still really after COVID, you know, right. and so things wasn't, you know, uh, the way they used to be. So um, migrated back into just being a real estate investor uh, full time. I've always still invested um, even when I was traveling, but never stopped. Um, so then it was just, you know, going back full time became, you know, uh, I was a realtor as well, still am, and, you know, started to um, do a lot more on that side as well. And, you know, started doing things on a high end luxury real estate as well. And uh, I don't know, just, just really enjoy, you know, just the aspects of real estate and everything that goes along with it, you know, and again, it goes back to helping people, helping the community, you know, developing things, et cetera. So um, I was uh, married. Um, as well, uh, actually was married twice. Um, and, um, uh, the first time was very, very short. It was like, I was like 22, I think when I got married and, um, just for a couple of months, we realized that it wasn't a good, good fit. We're still really good friends to this day. And then I ended up, uh, meeting, uh, my children's mother. Uh, we got married, um, and still really till young and we were married for 10 years. And then, mm-hmm. I'll end up going, get it, going through a divorce and everything like that. And uh, meeting different people, you know, after the divorce and, you know, knowing I, I still wanted to, to obviously get married. Like marriage was like always like a center focus for, for, for me growing up and our family dynamics. My mother, father was married for 50 plus years before my father uh, recently passed. And so that dynamic was something that was really like dear to our heart. And, um, you know, but also one of the things that I learned too was like being a father, like a father was something that was so, so important for me. And like growing up, my dad was, and still is to this day, um, my hero. And uh, I try not to get too emotional when I talk, you know, cause you know, it's still, you know, he's passed two years ago, uh, but it still, you know, hits, hits you. And, um, but he was, my hero, he, you know, he was, he attended just about all of my sporting events. He was there taking me to practice, um, you know, video recording my football games in high school, like, you know, all those different things, you know, taking me and my siblings and my best friends and all the, you know, the camping and horseback riding, you know, a lot of those things that a lot of my peers didn't get a chance to didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who didn't have their father in their life or had 
friends who didn't experience some of the things that we did, of course, traveling and you know, camping and things like that coming from the inner city. So um, I always knew that, you know, when I become a father, I wanted to be very, 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 very much hands on like my dad. And um, I'm very been fortunate, you know, real estate has provided that lifestyle to be able to be hands on where I don't necessarily, you know, I can drop my children off to school every single morning. You know, right. I pick them up, you know, I'm at their games and all that stuff, you know. Um, when I was traveling, you know, it kind of hurt me when I would miss some of the games because a lot of the games sometimes be on the weekend and I'd be yeah. traveling. But when I come back home, you know, I'm right there. And, yeah. but, um, so, you know, um, but yeah, he, he instilled that in me to, you know, want to be a great father. And, you know, um, and I, you know that's a, a badge that I hold very high of you know, being a good dad. Yeah. Uh, how old are your kids now? Uh, my children are uh, a son, Yusuf, and a daughter, Zaina. Uh, my son is 14. My daughter is 17. And, um, you know, I, I got married, you know, on, on the show, TV show, and uh, my lovely wife, uh, she's uh, wanting to have more children as well. <laughs> so uh, so we're, we're, we're looking at that uh, dynamic and, you know, of, uh, you know, being a father again, you know, to the third power, you know, uh, maybe even fourth. So. We'll see. Oh, that's cool. Uh, well, you're, you're you're right in the right in the battle of teenage years. <laughs> I mean, that, that's uh, that's that's a that's a struggle in itself for parents. You know, I, I always talk about it on my show that you know our kids look up to us when they're younger as like they're they're heroes, they're idols. They want to do everything that we do, and then when they hit those teenage years, they want nothing to do with mom and dad. They want to be independent. This is where they're really discovering who they are as as people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then I always try to tell, you know, some of the dads that I coach, I try to tell them, Hey, look, just hang on, just be there for them as much as possible. Cause trust me, when they hit those 18, 19 year old, you know, ages, they start to come back. And, and, you know, I have two boys, they're 23 and my youngest are about, about to be 21. Uh, and they're two of my best friends now. Uh, and, and trust me, there was, there was those, those roads that we went down that were, that were a struggle. Um, for you being an entrepreneur, I know that could be hard too. As an entrepreneur, you're trying to really um, build a business and build a legacy for your family and for your kids. How did you balance that between doing that and then also trying to be as involved as you said you wanted to be for your kids? How did you balance that as a parent? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a huge, huge balance. You know, one, you have to figure out like, why is it that you want to do what you want to do? Like, you know, being an entrepreneur, like, What's your why, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, like the center of my why is my family life, you know, um, my wife now, children, the future children, you know, and, we're, you know, I'm talking generations, you know, and um, so that was something that's huge. So I knew that, okay, I would have to sacrifice some things because I have to put time into that, right? When you start a business or when you grow and develop a business, like that thing can become your baby, right? Mm -hmm. And like, a baby, a real baby, like it needs your attention and all that. But at the same time, you know, that you have family like that, you also have to attend to as well. And not only was, you know, being a business owner and, um, you know, you have family, but also it was an imam and still am, uh, but an imam is like a, kind of like a reverend or a preacher over, a, you know, the church. So, um, so I was, so it was a lot of balls, you know, that I was that juggling, you know, it requires a lot of your attention. And um, one thing that I still do to this day, every Sunday, and, you know, it's not something that I uh, thought of, you know, was something that I learned from mentors that, 
you know, is, is time blocking. And uh, so every Sunday I kind of write down uh, like all the things that I want to get done and accomplish that week. And then I started putting it into my calendar. And um, like even this conversation, you know, like all those things are put in my calendar and not just business related. So it's every single, every aspect. Because I think that, you know, when you talk to success, success, you know, a lot of times people think, you know, financially, well, I know a lot of people make a lot of money, but they're not happy, right. you know? So it's not strictly that. It's about having, you know, your buckets filled in multiple buckets, you know? And for me, family, you know, my, my faith, um, you know, obviously business to fitness and health, you know, so you want to have a lot of these different things. And so I, I make time to go to the gym, put it in my calendar, make time for my children, where it was very difficult sometimes to like shut things off because sometimes, you know, like trying your phone and all that, you could be even just a simple thing as watching TV with your children, but you're on your phone and you're looking at where I had to like take it all away. Yeah. You know what? This is the time that I'm going to spend for my children. You know, I want to be an active father, but also I want to be, uh, I want to be present too, you know, where you can have dinner sometimes and everyone's on their phone. It's like, right. no, we're doing that. We're going to put everything away. We're going to like, Hey, how was your day? Like, what is it? What, what new, like, what new thing did you learn about today? Right. You know? And, you know, um, so we like, we have these conversations and things like that around the table. And, um, but yeah, just make a point of like just being present, whether it's, you know, a couple of hours, you know, you think about even right now, like kids are back in school. Well, by the time they get home, they're in sports activities. You know, it's, it's close to seven o'clock when they get home. Right. And then going to bed about, you know, 9, 30, 10, obviously on the phone with their friends. It's like, we got to get some us time too, right? right? So it's time to be able to kind of put those things, you know, we do that on our car rides as well. But just to, um, you know, you have to be, I think, really present in those times. So I, I try to be really focused when they're not around me for my business and for those other things. And then when they are around, I try to just give them my attention. Because it, it starts to sad me too as I think about it. My daughter, Zaina, she's this is her senior year. So she's she's gonna be leaving the nest. So right. you know, she, she's you know applying for colleges and things like that now. And I'm like, oh man, start to get emotional when I think about her not being being there at the house anymore. Um, so yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. just trying to really take advantage of the time that we have all together. Yeah, that's good. I mean, <laughs> scheduling, obviously, you know, it's funny. Parents don't think about putting family time on the calendar or on their schedule. It's just, it's not natural to us. We just think family time just sort of happens. But the problem is, is it really doesn't. Things get in the way and we have other commitments that we have to fulfill. And so family time get kind of gets pushed to the to the side. And something that my wife and I have always been good at, I've, my boys played the sports from the time they were four all the way up through high school. And I knew that as a parent, it was going to be my job to get them to the practices and to the games. So what I opted to do is I said, hey, if I've got to take them to the practices and I'm going to, I'm going to sit there and watch them at practice or games, I might as well get involved. So when my older son was four years old and he started playing baseball, I decided to coach. And so I coached both my boys all the way up through high school. And nice. those are times that yeah, I was a coach for them. And on the court or on the, on the basketball court or on the, on the field, football or baseball field, I was their coach, but it allowed me to build that bond with them 
as not only a coach, but a dad. Uh, so that's one way that I did to, to be an involved parent. And not a lot of parents have that luxury, but I think just putting it on your schedule, putting family time on your schedule, even if it's like you said, even if it's a short period of time where it's, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes where you're sitting there with your kids and it's just you and them. Um, I used to just, I'm sure you did this, but, but I used to have like little date nights with my boys, you know, just me and one of my sons who just go out to dinner and we just chat and the phones were put right. away and all that. So those yeah. kind of things took place. But something that my wife and I are really good about, we still do it to this day, even though our boys are grown, is we do every Sunday evening, we will go, what do you have going on this week? And we'd run through the calendar. I have this, 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 and this, uh, and I do the same thing. That way we know, okay, we have commitments in these areas, but where can we squeeze in family time? And where can we squeeze in one-on-one -on -one time with me and my wife, right? Our, our, our date nights or whatnot. Um, so it's very, very important. We have meetings that we have to put on the calendar. We have podcast shows that we have to put on the calendar, right? We have uh, personal time at the gym. We're working out with our trainer. We got to put that on the calendar. Um, so why not put the family time on the calendar as well? Because if you don't, it's very easy to just let it slide. So it's, yeah. it, it really is. It really is. It, it goes back to, you know, I remember having a friend and mentor that, that, that mentioned that, like, if you show me your calendar, then it, 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 can, it tells you what you find that is a priority in your life, right? So if you say that, you know, family life, you know, or being a good dad is a priority, but it's not, you don't see it anywhere. All you see is I got this meeting, I got right. this. Then it's like, what, where does that, that lie? So I made it, made it very, very important where I actually will fill those things in first, you know, like, hey, um, like even, you know, I can relate to what you said. I'm not a coach, you know, for my son, um, but, you know, I'm a football guy, but he plays basketball. I don't know I played basketball growing up, but I never played on a, you know, actual team, but I had to make a point to learn certain aspects of the game so I can go out there and coach him certain things and drills and things like that. And those are just those one -on -time, one -on -one, you know, one-on-one -on -one times. And same thing with my, my daughter in volleyball and things like that. And I just remember my father too, you know, playing catch with me, playing football and things like that. Though he wasn't a football player, you know, he was a boxer, but he would, you know, just take that time to, you know, do things like that with me. And um, so I think it's really, really important. And, and I agree with you, same with date night, you know, like we make a commitment, me and my wife, like, okay, we're gonna go out, you know, certain numbers throughout the month and you gotta plan it, you know? And cause if you don't plan it, sometimes it doesn't, a lot of times it doesn't happen. And then next thing you know, you know, it's, it's the compound effect. And, you know, you look up and like, man, like this, this whole year went past and we didn't do this, didn't do that, did that, you know? And so those little, little things you gotta make sure that you do, cause it adds up. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I have to say that, uh, you know, your kids remember those things. Um, they may be little events that, uh, you know, you weren't there for. Uh, unfortunately, they remember those times. Um, and, I, you know, as, as being a coach for, you know, I just I just retired from coaching uh, in February. So I coached for 20 years, oh, several, oh, several, wow. I mean, thousands of kids. And uh, I can I can tell you, it's it's funny how many how many players that I have coached parents that I never met that had parents that I never met. And it's because, wow. you know, obviously I know parents have commitments like their work and stuff like that's hard for them, but I've had parents that I've never met because they couldn't be there for their kids. And that hurt, that hurts. I grew up playing sports like you, I grew up playing sports and my parents, I can remember uh, on one hand, how many times my parents were at my sporting events because they couldn't be there. And mm -hmm. it affected me. I used to ride to practices and games with with my other friends' parents because I didn't have a ride. 
Um, and kids remember those things that kids play on these in, in these sporting events, whether it's on the field or on the court and they look up in the stands, they don't want to see all the fans. They want to see who's there to support them. That's who they're looking right. for. Um, so yeah. it's important that we as parents do their, our best to put that stuff on the calendar. So that way we know we're making sure that we're making time for that stuff. So um, that's really good. Uh, very, very important. I agree with you when it comes to, um, you know, kind of, kind of your celebrity status. I mean, there's a lot of things in media that your kids are older, that they may see or hear, maybe read. How do you, how do you and, and, you know, their mom, how do you guys protect them from those things? Yeah. You know, um, like going into this, um, you know, like I, well, for one, I wasn't really like, um, gun ho, you know, with, um, just, you know, reality TV, I just, you know, obviously I know how certain things can be construed and, right. and, and things like that. <clears throat> so I wasn't really for that. You know, my, my wife, um, she worked on me for a while <laughs> to, uh, to decide to, you know, go ahead and move forward with it. And, um, you know, you, so, you know, and I, and I have some friends who've been on certain reality TV shows as well too, more on the professional end, like real estate related stuff or what have you. Uh, but when you go into something like this, you kind of know, but then when you're in it, it's like, wow, I had no idea. Right. And um, so it was definitely um, a lot of uh, things that you kind of had no idea that would happen. And, but I wanted to make sure though, too, like when I, we talked to the children that, um, you know, you're going to get people no matter what you do in life um, that are going to be for you. And there's going to be some people who, are going to be, you know, naysayers and, 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 you know, these people who are just negative. Um, the reality and what we, what we call haters, right? The reality is, is that um, the only way that you won't have haters in life, if you do nothing, right? Right. Like if you do absolutely nothing in life, then you won't have it. So meaning to say that um, don't let, other people it's kind of like this it's kind of like a story that i you know i heard and i tell often you know human beings are like you know they 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 share a, um, a very similar characteristic to crabs you know uh, and like if you want to catch some crabs you know you get a huge cage and you put some crab feet in and you lower down an ocean and you know crabs have this unique you know ability to get through just about any trap or any kind of you know reef etc and however we still bring them out you know, by the tonnage. Why is that? Because they share a very similar characteristic. You know, you put this crab feed in the cage and you lower it all the way down in the ocean. Next, you know, a crab come in and another one comes in. And next thing you know, it's like a lot of crabs. It's like crab Thanksgiving up in there, right? And then there's no more food, but crab still keeps coming in. And then if one of them gets a bright idea and say, you know what, there's no reason for us to be here anymore. There's no, even no food in here. Let me leave. Let me get out of here. And it starts to, you know, climb out and then the other crabs will knock that crab off the wall and if the crab will persist they will actually break the arm of that crab and if it continues to persist after that they will actually kill the crab by the majority and the next thing you know you know the cage is brought out of the pier and there's feeding time right so human beings a lot of times do the same thing Right. They, they will break the arm of your ambition or try to kill your dreams and things like that. And a lot of times it's because if if you escape the trap, so to speak, you have proven that you can escape it. Right. And you don't you know that you don't have to 
no longer be in this cage or this box. And it's to say that there are going to be a lot of people that are to come and specifically the more you grow, the more success that you come and obviously being a public figure now, there are going to be a lot of crap like mentalities. There are a lot of people who are going to be haters. A lot of people are going to say a lot of things. And the reality is that they, they really don't hate you. What it is is that they hate themselves. They hate where they may be at in their current situation, et cetera, et cetera, in their life. So they're just lashing out. You know, hurt people hurt people. Right. And so those are the conversations I have with them. You know, I try to, um, you know, let them know, like, don't go on those things. Obviously, they're getting older. So, you know, they have on social media feeds, you know. But, you know, it, it initially did kind of hurt to say, like, man, like, sometimes uh, people don't realize you have a family. Like, people will see these things that you're saying, these negative things, and which a thousand, a lot of, 99% of the time is not even true because they see a glimpse of your life. And um, so, I, you know, just kind of had to let them know, like, not to really look and engage, you know, uh, as I try not to look and engage myself, because, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate, um, the society that we live in right now, especially, you know, the digital age, et cetera, because right. uh, there's a lot of positive, there's also a lot of negatives, you know, and we also see it in, in our school system as well, too, where, you know, um, to a degree where people, sometimes we even take their own lives because mm -hmm. of just all of the, the hate that they may be receiving and they, they feel like they can't take it anymore and they no longer want to be here, you know, which is why we have a high suicide rate and which is why, unfortunately, sometimes kids will go to school with guns and all these different things. So I think like if we, if we went back to like how I kind of grew up and I think many of us and probably the same with you, you know, that there's a saying that if you don't have anything good to say, then don't say anything at all. You know, I think we left that so long ago. Yeah. Maybe we can kind of go back to those things and I think we would be better as a, as a society. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, our kids face a lot of a lot of things through their lives, whether they have uh, a, a parent that is in the public eye or not. Um, there's so many different factors that play into who they are as people and whether it's at school or out with their friends. Um, they're going to encounter issues and challenges that come up and how they, how they either accept it or how they move past it and, and learn from it uh, is what, what matters. And I think for us as parents, the more the support that we can provide to our kids, the more guidance, the more love uh, that we can show our kids, that's just going to um, kind of translate into who they are. Uh, out, outside of the home as well. So I think it really comes down to who we are as parents and how we're raising our kids and the love that we're showing them in the home. So that way, when they aren't around us or they do see or hear things outside of the home, um, that they know how to handle it. Um, so, right. yeah, absolutely. Now, um, kind of dealing with, you know, I think co-parenting in general, uh, I've never experienced it. My wife and I uh, just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. We've never experienced co-parenting. Thanks. But we are, you know, we are co-parenting, right? Even though we're married, we are, we are co-parenting. For your kids, kids tend to have a hard time uh, when their parents split. How did you and their mom uh, reassure them that kind of everything's going to be okay? Yeah. You know, it was a, um, it was a huge adjustment for them. Uh, I mean, for, even for myself, you know, um, you know, like you would come home and it's, you know, it used to be, you know, cause I think now it's been eight years now since I've been divorced. So you, uh, they were even much younger, right. You're talking you know, nine years old, four years, you know, so, um, uh, 
Yeah, so I think Yusuf would have been six. My daughter was nine. Yeah, so um, coming home and it's quiet, right? You know, it used to be very interactive and things like that. So, but I think that, it, you know, one is like, let them know that, you know, they're not the cause of anything, right? right? That, um, that they're, they're loved by uh, both their mom and their, their dad. And um, also by their families, you know, and um, that, uh, you know, just, just like reiterating that because sometimes, you know, as children, I never had to go through that myself, but I know other, you know, friends that did, you know, where parents didn't work out that just kind of reiterating that, um, you know, they're not, it wasn't them, wasn't their issue. And um, I think at that time too, it's kind of like, you have to show even more of an abundance of love. Like you just got to mention when it comes to, you know, haters out there, you got to do the same thing with that, you know, and try to like show more of abundance of love to them, more attention to them. Um, don't treat it like it was just a regular thing, you know, and, um, you know, just give them a, a lot of time and, and, and uh, uh, with, with them. Um, but, you know, um, and, and sometimes too, I think it, it might be, um, I know in our community it's a little taboo thing of like having a professional talk to them, but, you know, go to counseling sometimes and, and uh, see where their, their, their mindset is and their mind space and things like that, you know, and having those opportunities to be able to do that as well too. But um, I think their mother, you know, does a lot with them, you know, she's remarried and, uh, you know, they, they do things and, you know, obviously on my end, we, we do a lot of stuff with traveling and just family stuff and, you know, me and my wife and kids and stuff like that. And letting them know that, you know, God loved you so much that he, he, uh, he gave you two sets, you know, <laughs> parents now, you know, and, um, you know, and just, you know, let's reiterating, you know, how much they're loved and, you know, admired and appreciated. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think continuing to show the love is important. Uh, I do, I'm a big proponent of counseling, you know, counseling kind of people can look at counseling as kind of this, Oh, you know, kind of this taboo kind of deal. Uh, but yeah. counseling is important and it could be something that you may be going through personally. Uh, and for our kids, they go through a lot of stuff. They deal with a lot of stuff, especially through those teenagers. And maybe a counselor is the best, best move for them. Um, my yeah. wife and I, uh, just as just as married couple, we have I call her our marriage coach, but she's a licensed therapist, and we we see this marriage coach once every couple months. We sit down with her and chat with her, um, not because not because we have issues, but so we don't have issues. You know, we I, I actually personally I personally agree with everything. I I always t I not tell my wife like it's like a lot of times people look at it as a taboo thing. Like you only go there when you're having issues, right? Well, like. You go there so sometimes where there won't be any issue. It's just kind of like a, a, a check-in, you know, to, to, to make sure everything's aligned. And it's just like when you take your car to get service, you know, you don't wait for something bad to happen. Right, exactly. You know, you know, just get, you know, some service here and there, you know, kind of get fixed, you know, so it won't be a huge thing like, oh, the alternate went out. You know, so it's, it's I think that's really, really important. You know, there is a book that I, I bought um, you know, on co-parenting, and it was so great. I ended up giving it to my ex-wife as well. Like, hey, you need to read this, and you no, know, and because the reality is, is that if you look at, unfortunately, statistically speaking, like half of marriages end in divorce, then a lot of people are facing the same issue when it comes to, you know, um, having this blended family, 
And so it's really important that no matter how we may feel about each other any given day, that you know the children comes first. Right. And we don't put them into any, you know, issues or anything like that, that, you know, but sometimes people may have issues where, you know, the exes and here, here, you know, here, there, sometimes you, you, you all are great friends, you know, here, then there's times where you might not be friends for a minute, you know, so, but at the end of the day, the children should know anyway, like the children should come first and they should be priority. Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, as, you know, as I was saying too, that as far as the counseling goes, yeah, that, I mean, that's something that that's completely healthy, completely natural. And you never know, you might discover some things just through talking to somebody else, somebody outside the home, you might discover some things, whether it's with your child, you and your child, or you and your spouse, you might discover some things that you do need to work on that you didn't realize, but hearing it from a third party, um, it's helped me acknowledge some of the things that I need to work on as a husband and as a father. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's super great. I, I highly recommend counseling. I, I've something that I live by. So, um, well, let me ask you this, your, your kids talking about your kids going through these teenage years, they'll face challenges. As I said earlier, they'll face challenges and struggles themselves. How do you and your ex, how do you guys as, as co-parents, how do you guys talk about those things together? with your kids? Because sometimes that's a struggle too. I know a lot of divorced parents that, you know, when their child's going through, through something, they may not necessarily tell the other parent. They'll, they'll try to keep it in their own home. But how do you right. guys work through those challenges that they may be facing as co-parents? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I may get a text message or, you know, a call from, you know, uh, my children's mother and to maybe saying like, hey, you need to talk to, you know, Usually it's use of, you know, because it's more of a, you know, male, male thing um, about, you know, certain matter, et cetera, or, um, you know, things like that. But I, I um, that's usually how it kind of works. You know, we have a little conversation and, um, and then just, I, I'm, a, I'm a, maybe just from a sales background, but I, you know, I tend to, uh, you know, I, I ask a lot of questions, like I'm, which is with like this right here is, is. I won't say new because I, you know, I've done a lot of interviews, but um, I'm usually on the other side of it. I'm usually the one that's asking the questions and you know, versus doing a lot of the talking. And so, and I think when you do, you you get a chance to learn a lot. Like, you know, I listen way more than I speak, mm-hmm. uh, even though I know, you know people think I lecture, right? <laughs> but um, but it's so so funny. But um, but yeah, I I, I listen way more than I speak because I'm always asking questions, and I think that's how you grow. That's how you learn, but also that's how you get to know other people. And that's how you get to know like what's going on in your children's life and, you know, uh, kind of dig a little bit, you know, and, um, and there's, you no, know, there's, 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 there's some really good ways that you can kind of go around doing that without probing to the degree where they think like, Oh, dang, stop asking, you know, but it's, um, so, the, you know, all those things, but we, we do kind of, you know, um, interact when it comes to, you know, certain things like, um, you know, certain matters. Yeah. Um, I I think it's important for parents to understand that uh, just because you guys are split and living in two different homes doesn't mean that you guys can't communicate with each other effectively and efficiently uh, when it comes to the sake of your kids. The bottom line is you have a common denominator, and that is you have these two kids together, you have a child together, and you have to work out whatever you have to work out, not only between yourselves, but with the issue that your child is facing as co-parents, 
because that's only going to help your child learn how to grow and develop and and face challenges and get through them, uh, knowing that they have the support of mom and dad, even even though they're in two different homes. And I see that a lot with divorced parents, that they go through these struggles of not being able to communicate effectively. And And the only person that's getting hurt in that situation is the child. Obviously, it's the child. And sometimes divorced parents, they just don't see it. They just don't want to see eye to eye on stuff. And I think what you just seeing and what I've seen now, obviously I'm an outside person, but seeing what I've seen on television and stuff, this, the way that you and your, um, your ex, their mom, the way that you guys communicate and handle situations is phenomenal. The way you guys handle it together, you guys act like grown adults as grown parents that you guys handle things the way that you're supposed to. Uh, and it's only benefiting the kids. So um, hats off to you for doing that. I think you guys are doing a remarkable job at that. So, um, I just want to acknowledge yeah. that. Yeah, there, there's a, thank you. There, I mean, there, you know, there's times where, you know, indeed it can be tough, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, as you mentioned, though, that, you know, it's, it's, it's time sometimes, as long as you respect one another, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to put, you know, egos and things like that to the side and, you know, to, to, you know, it's like, it's all about the children, you know, and they're, they didn't ask to be here, you know, right. um, you brought them to this world and you have a responsibility and an obligation to try to give them the best life possible. And sometimes the best life isn't necessarily you all being together, but it could be you guys being separate, but, and you know, you going your life and my life, but the best life is having the ability to be able to have a cohesive blended family and be able to co-parent very effectively together for them to have uh, just receiving an abundance amount of love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, One last question and then I'll let you go. Um, When it comes to uh, being a a co-parent, having an ex, and and then you're bringing in another partner to the relationship. Uh, I know I know parents that have gone through divorce that say I'm I'm not interested in dating or building a relationship with somebody else. I just want to focus on my kids. Some people think that they want to bring in another partner as quickly as possible and introduce them to their kids. Um, how did that kind of that situation unfold for you and and your ex? You said she's married now. So how do you guys how did you guys manage that with your kids? Like bringing in somebody else into the household. Um, how did that conversation go? And and how does it, I mean do you find obviously you find it okay? But what advice would you give to parents that may be kind of thinking about that? Yeah, um, you know as far as myself, like it it was a it was a huge challenge because um, you know this is all new territory, you know, never been, you know, single with children, you know, so that whole dynamic of like, you know, when I was, you know, meeting and, and, and talking to people and things like that, that, okay, when is, when is it too early? Right. And then when is it, you know, too late? Cause you don't want to be introducing, you know, children to a, you know, a lot of people as you're starting to kind of weed people out and trying to figure out, this is a serious thing. Are we going to move further? This is and that. And then it's like, you don't want to do it too late too. When you're very, very, very like, you know, in love, whatever that may be. And next thing you know, like that dynamic doesn't work out very well. So it's, it's, it is a, it is a balance that you have to work with, um, with, with my wife. Uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I loved about her and I do love is that she's very family oriented, you know, and I've seen the way that she, 
um, interacts and has with her, her nephews and her nieces. And um, so that was something I was always, you know, that I love. I can, you know, you can see that, you can witness that, mm-hmm. you know, cause I can't, I, I mean, at one point I wanted to only wanted to talk to somebody who actually had children because right. I could see their motherly qualities that they're going to be, they're a good mother and how they will be towards my children. And then, um, then I kind of got away from that to say like, you know, I'm open to anybody and, um, you know, thank God I was that way because, you know, my wife came along and, um, but I seen how she interacted her family, you know, when I was there visiting her in Trinidad, I, I could, it reminded me family back, you know, my family back home, we all get together and just the interaction, having game nights and all these different things. And, um, and then the children, you know, I, I say all the time, like, I'm so, 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 so blessed, you know, uh, like they, you know, like they're really great kids, yeah. you know, really great, not just in school, but at home, their home life and the community and, and things that, you know, they do and how they, how they are. And um, I knew for the most part, like they would, and, and they did, haven't seen me with somebody, you know, I was talking to other people because I just really re- introduced them to anyone yet because um, we wasn't at that point, but they wanted to see me married. They wanted to see me with somebody. They want to see, you know, like dad happy and things like that. So I knew that you know, they wanted that as well. And so when I was able to introduce them to shy and, and shy to them, like it was, it was instinct magnetic, even though they're both shy, <laughs> um, you know, uh, shy is very, very shy. You know, when you, she meets someone for the first time and the kids are you know, kind of shyer as well, but um, they have a great dynamic and how they get along and, um, you know, the love that they have for each other and, you know, and stuff like that. So, and I see it continue to keep growing and growing, you know, and um, so she's also very active, you know, as well too, and going to games and, and we just came back from a trip. She's like, hey, we gotta make sure we get the kids something, you know, so she's always thinking about stuff like that as well too, um, cooking for them, all those different things. Um, but it, it, is a, it is a balance. I, I don't have a, an exact answer to say, oh, this is the perfect time to introduce. But I, I think, you know, when you know, you know, and, um, uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, even for her, she hears horror stories of people like who had children and they, you know, and they come into the mix and the kids treat them very bad or this, this and that, you know, so she didn't know what to expect either. She was pretty nervous, but um, uh, I know she, she also believed that she's, she's really blessed as well. So, um, but yeah, we're very fortunate. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's, that's crucial. What you were talked about there is, is really finding somebody that has similar interests as you. And you talked about Shida um, just acknowledging, as I have a plane going overhead right now, <laughs> acknowledging that through her own experiences and the family that she has back home and how close everybody was. Uh, and you have that same similar um, characteristic you want to have a family that's close and even you know even with your with your ex-wife you guys are super close um and that's important to you so finding finding a partner that shares similar interests as you uh, obviously is important uh, because ultimately they're going to yeah. be impacted by your kids very much so you know people say opposites attract I, I really don't necessarily agree to that statement because i think they may attract initially but over you know in a, any reasonable amount of time, um, it tend to not attract as much because people are friends with other people because you guys are a lot of like, you guys like some of the same, mm-hmm. similar thing, same thing, the same thing with your spouse. Like, you know, there's probably certain movies that you guys both like to watch, certain type of foods, you know, certain books, 
whatever it may be, religion to, you know, political, you know, um, beliefs, whatever it is, like there's a lot of similarities, you know, obviously we're gonna have differences, but there's a lot of the similarities is what necessarily attracts you and what's kind of keeps the, you know, things glued together. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, listen, Blau, thank you very much for uh, for joining me. If my if my listeners want to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, best place for them to do that. Yeah, um, they can visit um, my Instagram, Bilal Haziz. Um, they can they can find me there. Uh, also, uh, my wife and I we have our YouTube channel, um, Life's of Shy and Bilal. So uh, much more in depth of like just our lifestyle. We have our podcast as well on there as well. So if they, you know, want to be able to learn more about us, make sure they uh, like, subscribe, you know, ring that bell for notifications and uh, uh, to um, uh, get more information on us. That's awesome. Uh, well, listen, thank you. Thank you again, brother, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, give a lot of great information and um, really just kind of sharing who you are as a person, not only as a, as a businessman, but also as a dad. Uh, you're doing awesome. Uh, you represent the dad up community very well. So um, I appreciate you. you. I appreciate our friendship. I'm looking forward to staying in touch with you, brother. Thank you. I really appreciate it, uh, Brian, for everything. Um, uh, you know, I love what you're doing, man. You know, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, positive, you know, dads that are out there, you know, um, so it's really great to be able to, for you to be able to put this on a platform. Um, Cause sometimes <clears throat> we don't get to see it as often as, as we should. And uh, so it's beautiful that you're, that you're, uh, that you're doing what you're doing. Thank you very much for saying that, man. I really, it really means a lot. I appreciate it. Um, well, listen, everybody, thank you guys very much for joining me on another episode with my good friend, Haziz, Blau Haziz. <laughs> um, thank him again for, uh, for being on the show. And uh, if you want to check out what he's doing, uh, I'll make sure to drop the links uh, in, my, in my bio. But make sure you guys are checking out what he's doing on Instagram, uh, going to his YouTube, subscribing, all those things. You can check out what he's doing. Uh, he and his wife are now doing uh, together. But uh, thank you again, Blau, for being on the show, brother. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Data. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel. And please do me a favor, leave a rating and a review. Would love to hear from you and see what you think of the show. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes each week. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Data Podcast. Podcast.